0: welcome to so many bits i'm your host bill nielsen and joining me from this palatial panonymous spot in the middle of chicago is shelby Mongan. shelby how are you
1: I'm Poke. You threw a P in the intro. I thought I'd try it. It didn't work as well as I thought it would. Poke is just a raw fish dish that originated in Hawaii.
0: Well, let's Pokemon go to talking about some video games. That
1: was a good one.
0: Oh. If I
1: had a gold star, I'd give it to you, but I don't.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Shelby, thank you so much for coming back on. You were on last week to talk about a person that we shouldn't name anymore. Beach. Uh, Yeah, Beach.
1: It's still uh, funny. I cackled every time they said beige. It's like, oh no.
0: <laughs> Too innocent. Uh, so, hey, Shelby, what you playing? Beige games.
1: Um, <laughs> just said that the most maniacal if possible. So, I will pause my recurring segment on the show to say that I have been um, continuously working my way through Borderlands 3. Slowly but surely, kind of getting through. Um, I've heard some mixed things about the story. I can sort of see why. Um, but I am playing a beautiful, muscly siren lady, and I love her. I love her so much. She's beautiful. So it's worth it. Combat's still fun. Loot's still fun. Like, it's a Borderlands game. If you like Borderlands, it's a Borderlands game. If you don't like Borderlands, maybe don't play the Borderlands game. Like, it's not it's not riffing on anything new. There's lots of little bits and pieces that are interesting, Um, But one interesting, I will say, one interesting piece about Borderlands 3 that I found that is interesting, I've not really seen it in a lot of other shooters, is there are weapons that you can get that have um, second modes, so you can flick a switch and what was once like a multi-shot rifle will then shoot a stun grenade or a bomb or will turn from fire damage into acid damage or something like that corrosive damage um it's it's an interesting little way to like vary up your technique if you're fighting a group of enemies that may be people and robots so there's different things you need to do with each and you want to stack effect conditions it's it's a game that does really serve if you want to be hyper strategic with the way you approach a battle it lets you do that and that new way of having guns having multiple modes is an interesting foray in that direction. I've heard mixed things about the story, but so far it's it's fine. It's interesting. Claptrap's still annoying, and I love all of my other disaster children. <laughs> like it's the same old, same old.
0: I like the way you were describing the game. It's how I would expect a Bostonian to call into their local uh, radio station and talk about sports. If you like Brady, you like Brady. If you don't like Brady, don't like Brady.
1: Right. Well, that's like that's the thing that's true. I think there's this don't don't play the game if you're not gonna like it, or like don't complain about the game if it's not for you. Like not every game is for everyone. For example, I don't like playing Magic the Gathering very much. Just kidding. It's fine. <laughs> but no, but like if a yeah. game isn't for me, it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it isn't for you. You can say lots of empirically true things about how like certain people involved in the company that made the game are terrible human beings, and that's fair. But like if the game's just not for you, it's not your jam cool like go play a different video game there's lots of them have you seen a game stop there's so many games in there
0: they put a lot of games in there they do less than they used to but still a decent amount this is fair
1: um i also just finished watching my husband play outer worlds and we'll be oh. tapping in and playing that myself soon ish balancing once i get at least further into borderlands if not beating it um but it's great it really feels like i told my husband while he was playing i was like watching this it feels like minus the romancing it feels like why I completely binged Dragon Age Inquisition, and why I spent two weeks straight and played all three original Mass Effect games. Like it's that same sort of feeling of the characters are engrossing, the combat's like fun. There are options, there are choices. So I'm really excited to get into that.
0: Good I've old only Obsidian. basically heard glowing things about it. Yeah,
1: it's really good. It's really good and funny. There's little. So I will tell you a tiny piece I think that illustrates why this game is so. Wonderful. So one of your companions that you can have is a robot. And the game has this system that you can take flaws. So you can be sensitive to certain kinds of damage or scared of certain kinds of enemies. And if you take that flaw, it penalizes you for when you fight them, but you get another perk out of it. So my husband took the perk or the flaw of being afraid of robots. And he couldn't figure out why, after he, and he did that fairly early in the game to like test out the system. He couldn't figure out why when he talked to his robot, uh, one of the party members, every time you got dialogue options. And one of them was always just, ah! <laughs> and he, he, he texted me at like 8 o'clock in the morning one day. And he was like, I just realized that it says that because I'm scared of robots. And it's just like a brilliant little touch. And if you say something, Sam is like the, the robot is confused as to why you're alarmed. But it's just like just a little thing, just like a little piece to toss in there. So I'm going to play the game soon. I'm going to build, um, for anyone that watches The Good Place, I'm going to basically build Jason Mendoza, which is to say the dumbest creature possible that is charming and dexterous, I guess I'll probably go with. Um, and Because apparently there's a whole option called dumb where you can derail conversations with an unrelated comment because you're too stupid to stay on topic, which is actually an effective tactic for like getting around problems. Um, If you steal something and someone says, what are you doing? And then you say... Elephants are neat, and they'd be like, okay, cool, I guess, just fine, just go. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tactic, right? So it's the game's got a ton of space and freedom. You can kill any NPC you want, even if they're important to a quest. Everyone is killable, so they had to program the game around that. It's just great. It's also beautiful. And it's anti-capitalist, which I like.
0: And in the spirit of anti-capitalism, you can play it for almost no money yeah, if you have Microsoft Game Pass,
1: which you know I don't, but yes, that is that's actually really dope. Um, it's worth dipping into. It's beautiful. If you've ever liked a Bioware game, if you liked Fallout New Vegas, if you like those sort of party first person combat, different weapons, charm and like story focused games, it's a great option. Hmm. But of course, I'm always here to talk about Overwatch. Yeah, my beloved. Lots of things happening in the world of Overwatch, but the biggest yep. thing right now uh, is Overwatch <laughs> Two, the unfortunately leaked early uh, game that the Overwatch uh, that's adding onto the Overwatch larger world, wherein essentially they're taking all of the the premise of the story missions that would come once a year as part of Archives. They're going to make a whole game out of them. So lots of co op, PVE games where you're playing through different parts of Overwatch. So for those of us, my friends and I that are my online friends who are all very, very into the lore of the Overwatch universe, which we are, it's a godsend. Like we're getting so much information. We're getting, we're going to get a chance to see a lot more and spend more time with characters and and see, because the game is fun, right? It's a great, it's a great six like team shooter. But the lore, there's so much interesting story there, so I'm really excited. On top of the fact that they signed with some different publishing companies to make kids' books, there's an EFI book. Um, so the little girl that made Arissa, there's going to be a book about her for kids. Um, so a little African girl who isn't a genius inventor, there's going to be a book about her. Um, and these like little pieces of lore in different ways that we're going to get it. So I'm, I'm really optimistic. People, some people are quite mad about having to pay for another game but I think it's I think
0: there was plenty of added-on content to the original Overwatch.
1: 100%. And they've also been very clear that cross-play will be available between the two. So you can play... If you buy Overwatch 2, you can play competitive matches of the standard King of the Hill or put all the standard comp-, comp settings. You can play with people that have Overwatch 1. So you don't have to buy this. It's just if you're engaged in a story, if you want to play more PvE, you want to, there's a new engine so it looks a little bit better. Um, There's a system when you're playing the story modes where you can like choose specific perks and the more that you level up a character, the more kind of perks you can get, which is interesting. If you're interested in it, get it, but you don't have to. I think that's the crucial part. It's not a sequel per se.
0: They are calling it Overwatch 2.
1: I know, but it's not a sequel, or it's like it's a sequel that has, you, I don't know. It's not like Team Fortress and Team Fortress 2, right, where it was like a huge change of pace for what they did. The core Overwatch 1 game is still true. You still play comp. You can play comp on 2 or on 1. It's just if you want to play a lot more PvE and story and play stuff not in that traditional six-person team online format, There's different ways to play the game. I think it's cool. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited. It's not the most exciting news in BlizzCon. Of course, that was Diablo 4. And it looks gorgeous. Aside from all of the drama surrounding Blizzard, the devs were not involved with that drama. It's true. And Diablo 4, I'm not going to play it at all. But it looks gorgeous. And that trailer was Upsetting. I understood pretty quickly why they said that the opening ceremony was not going to be for all (laughs) ages, because it was gross. (laughs) It's very, very gross. But yeah, so Overwatch Two quite exciting. Big patches coming out soon. There's been massive moves on the comp or the the professional Overwatch side. I won't dig into them, but hot dang going to be a different game next season different it's teams are
0: two shields too right
1: well yes yeah, so shield nerfing so we're in a double shield meta it's a nightmare but they're nerfing they just nerf shields in the test realm um, and there's a pretty good chance that that patch is pretty much just going to come out as is to live it makes tanks more fun to play and shields less strong because right now it's just like cool I'm going to forever shoot through a shield dope I love this I love ever watch um, I love it especially when a child is yelling racial slurs in my ears like this is the best game ever Um, So I think that'll make a big difference. Um, And then, of course, the professional league, there's been massive trades. And I think very cool for eSports. They are going to be playing in their home cities next season. So the game, they're going to be playing in Shanghai. They're going to be playing in Paris. They're going to be playing in... Actual, like, in Toronto, in Dallas, they're going to have home stands for every team. Oh,
0: that's pretty cool. Yeah, okay. so they're
1: actually going to travel. It's a really, really cool thing, and so you'll see a lot more teams are getting kind of more, not national, but they're getting, you know, the Toronto Defiant has mostly Canadian players now, and it's, it's just, it's really going to be interesting. It'll bring it, if you can't, if you're not in LA, you can't go to a game. At least now there's a better chance that
0: you can go have a team.
1: Maybe in the future, Chicago will get one. I'm hoping. Please, please.
0: Feels like a layup. I mean, it's a big enough city.
1: There's nothing close to us, too. Closest is Toronto. Yeah, Toronto is the closest team to us, I think. And it's still like a three-hour drive over a literal country border. So not quite there yet. But I have faith we'll get one soon. Maybe a season after next. But anyway, Overwatch is exciting.
0: Overwatch seems cool. Diablo seems cool. Uh... I feel like Blizzard maybe not in the best spot right now. The developers are not part of that. I, I guess I'm not expecting them to do anything different than what they do. Like I don't agree. I don't. I don't like what they're doing. I. I think that what they did was wrong to the bang the player. But I like they're a corporation. They're going to do this thing to protect as much of their interest as they can.
1: China's a huge market. Of course they're going to cover their butts. Like yeah. and they've backed up and I will say not to be like but my side is cool, but Jeff um Kaplan the kind of head of Overwatch has explicitly said that they should reduce his penalty even further or completely eliminate it and it seems to, I think a lot of people are in support of it. It's just hard. Yeah, like not to be deeply on brand, but there's no ethical consumer or consumables under capitalism. Like there's always going to be a problem with big corporations doing stuff, yeah. and I don't blame I blame them, but I'm not surprised. It's their you know leopard spots changing, et cetera. But hopefully they get enough pushback that they understand that they need to tread lightly on these sort of decisions.
0: Yeah, I did appreciate that Jeff uh, said that. I, I saw I think I saw some articles about that on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I, honestly, my my strongest reaction was to to some Blizzard fans because like some of them were like oh that was a great apology or like uh, it was
1: I, better than they had done but the apology during opening ceremonies was a little bit of like oh we screwed up sorry not the thing we did was necessarily bad we just acted too fast which they yeah. did that's not the reason everyone's mad
0: yeah I, I mean the the thing that happens a lot with apologies in the current climate is it's sorry I offended you
1: yeah sorry you're upset
0: yeah sorry you're upset which is like I feel like I'm maybe more sensitive to it than others because of like I'm fixated on language too much but I I do feel like that's a different thing than an apology and not an apology
1: Oh, it's not. That's not your feeling. That's just a thing that's true. It's not an apology. Blizzard, I think, did the best that they could. They ju- they b- just narrowly skirted the edge of the, like, sorry that you're offended. I think that there's, and it's, you know, for continuing to be able to make money. But I think they towed the line between we can't piss off China too bad because we have way too much capital invested there. There's a lot that's a big market share for us to lose. While... Still acknowledging that they made a mistake. It was not great. It was as good of an apology as I'm going to expect from Blizzard Activision.
0: Yeah. I, I guess if you are looking at it, if you set the bar for like what a corporation can do, like they bellied over it. Yeah. But Yeah. And like some of the feedback online, like was like, "Oh, great job!" It's like for what?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I appreciate the fact that they said something, and it did seem it, it did seem at least sincerely sorry that people were like sincerely sorry that people were upset. And I think th- I guarantee you there are people within the space that don't agree with the decisions. But again, like you know, if there's a hundred people in a company and three of them are making choices. There's also within one property, within one specific area of esports of the game. You know, it's, it's, you know, back or, or get fired potentially, or have concerns there. It's just, it's just challenging. There's, I, I don't fault any of the individual, like, devs and employees of Blizzard necessarily. They, you know.
0: I guess what bugs me the most is like the the whole tenor of the conversation like detracts from the actual issue, which is that the people of Hong Kong are suffering.
1: Yeah, for sure. And
0: like all the I mean, I mean, I was guilty of it, too, for the first like five minutes of talking about it is like I didn't really say what the problem is. Like, yeah, the the people of Hong Kong are protesting to keep their individual liberty. Yeah, for sure. It's so
1: it's 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 an intense situation. And it's yeah, it's just it's tough. It's really, it's a tough, weird situation. The other argument I will say, and I think this is fair that someone pointed out, was that, like, if we're going to tackle this issue of China's way of handling other countries around them and other peoples that were once a part of them and all these things that are happening, like, Blizzard is not going to solve the problem. And while solidarity is important, like, people say, making the impression that there's some sort of like, that Blizzard. Standing up against them Would be efficacious in any way It's just like It's just naive Like there's nothing that they Can individually do They can either tank as a company Or struggle because they have No market in China Or they can Punk out and do what they did You know what I mean It's There's no good answer right There's not a great solution to it They definitely found A bad version of it Yeah And they made it Marginally better But it's still a bad version With their apology From the opening ceremonies but I appreciate that they at least said something. Because they could have not. The protests uh, weren't that intense. They yeah. could have pretended it didn't happen. It's an option, right? Especially it is. Especially for a company that...
0: They were on their home turf, so yeah. to speak. They could have just said nothing.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's also a sticky place, too, because they're within their rights to say that you shouldn't bring political stances into the, your professional game career, like... They are within their their private company, they're within their rights to say that. It's not like we're protecting freedom of speech. They're not a government entity. But it does suck. Like it's the wrong side of the issue to be on. Yeah. I don't know. It's just complicated. But I will say in in exciting Hearthstone news that isn't Blizzard doing something, but exciting news. A I believe she's Chinese, but a female or a woman won the Hearthstone tournament at BlizzCon. That's great. Which is the first I think it's she's the first woman to ever win a professional esports title. Like, a solo esports title, which was awesome. She cried a bunch at getting me the, the trophy. It was adorable. But yeah, so it, it's just... It's tough. BlizzCon timing was tough. There's a lot of theory, too, that they threw in some stuff in the over... I don't think this is actually true, because I think people that assist this don't know how dev works. But they threw... Something like the appearance of Sojourn, who is a character that we've been asking for for a while because there's no black women in Overwatch at all, except for Sojourn, who was a voice in one of the PvE games. Um, they threw in a, a nod to her because she's going to be in Overwatch 2 and presumably 1 as well.
0: I think after how last year's BlizzCon went, where everyone was really angry, yeah. they were going to do some of this stuff anyway.
1: That's what I'm thinking is like, you're not going to make that, you're not going to include her in the highlight video or the, the like, promo for this otherwise. But they also still have not said anything and not revealed her and don't have a timeline. So I'm hoping they give her some really good fanfare when uh, the time comes for Sojourn to come out. Because she's got robot gun arms. She seems dope. I want to play her. I don't. I, she's going to be DPS. I super don't want to play her. But you know, I there's definitely some attempts, I think, to get some goodwill. But I do feel bad. Another thing in this, too, like the BlizzCon section, is the frustration with leaks that especially the Overwatch team has been having of just, like, it's a kick in the pants when you've been working this hard and then stills get out the day before. And then you're anticipating and you see logos. And and I really it does really seem like it's not a publicity stunt. It really seems like stuff is getting leaked pretty consistently for them.
0: I mean, like, to tie it into the other thing, it could be discontent within the company at how blizzard is handling the china and hong kong situation it's like well well, screw you then
1: the leaks have been happening for a while this has been a concern for the team a lot of big reveals have been pretty massively leaked beforehand Mm. but they've also been laying a lot of people off recently i think discontent is 100 percent possible and it probably was not helped by the hong kong situation um, the Overwatch 2 thing, I think, was going to leak no matter what, unfortunately, given the way that, like, it's a leaky boat. Someone's telling people. Yeah. Which sucks. I feel bad for the devs. You work so hard for this really cool thing. They have been they built a friggin' new game engine. It's not just like this, you know, some sort of rehash. They built brand new things. They redesigned all the characters. They made all these really cool game modes. And people mm. knew about it the week before BlizzCon because it got leaked on Twitter.
0: You said they're making a whole new engine?
1: Yeah, the game's in a new engine so it looks different. Uh-huh. All the characters are different appearance.
0: So how does that work then with the Overwatch 1 stuff? Will you like will you have like a, a a version of Overwatch 2 and you like import your data into that and it's like okay, you have this Reaper, you have these skins, you can play as mm-hmm. Reaper in this build of Overwatch 2.
1: Yeah, they're pulling the skins You're they're pulling your skins, your your data, like your your previous rank data, they're going to pull that over if you've been playing one. They'll pull it over into two. I, my assumption is that if you are playing on two with someone that's on one, you will see their character model rendered in the two engine, and they will see your character model rendered in the one engine. So they'll see whatever filter they're looking through, essentially. But I think they mixed it up in part to accommodate the big story mode missions and stuff like that and to make them more cinematic they've experimented this with a little bit too of like building cinematics within the game engine rather than animating them and this i'm I'm wondering if part of it is to be able to facilitate more animatics as part of the stories i mean this is just speculation as someone that spends a lot of time thinking about and talking about the game
0: but
1: (laughs) hey bill what are you playing
0: (laughs) oh you know just This and that here and there, and uh, the games that I've been playing lately are both a couple of uh, smaller entries on the Nintendo Switch. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'll start with the one that I completed. It's called One Night Stand. It's actually a game that came back out back in 2016, but only got ported to consoles this year to PS4, Xbox, and Switch. And it's a game about a person. (laughs) Sure,
1: it is a game. That's fair. Makes sense. It is a game. Is this nightstand uh, N-I-G-H-T or I
0: N-I- N-I-
1: Wow, I spoke spelled, I spelled You're K- a K-
0: person K- who had a one-night stand. That is the game.
1: Hell yeah.
0: And you wake up the next morning and you have to piece together who your partner is and who they are and what you were doing there and, like, what happened. That sounds
1: really interesting.
0: It is. I, I found it to be really interesting. And it's – so one thing that it did that deviated from my expectations is I thought it would be more about, like – piecing together the exact timeline of events which you can do more or less by uh like finding things in the room uh so like periodically your your female partner uh she is sick she's hung over so like she'll duck out of the room basically for various reasons one of them being to pray to the porcelain god and then you can like snoop around and find stuff and like find your clothes
1: oh interesting
0: so like there are varying levels of uh snooping you can do like You know, there will be a book on her nightstand, so you can look at the book.
1: Oh, you're in her house. You're in her house. Okay, gotcha.
0: Yeah, or under the book is a journal, and you can read the journal and see what's going on in there.
1: Interesting. So how was this – did you feel like it came – or it resulted in a coherent and, like, engaging story about what happened?
0: Yes. Yeah, so basically the the structure is, like, you – you know, like, the – the trunk of the story is mostly the same up through the uh, first time, like she leaves the room and then you can like find stuff and then ask her about that stuff in the next like time she comes back, you learn a little about her and there's like a few rounds of that. And then eventually you, You have to leave because Mm -hmm. you are a stranger in this person's house. Sure. And depending on, like, the conversation paths you have taken, that will impact, like, what kind of outcome you get. It's like, does she think you're a weirdo? Does she think you're a friend? Does she, like, think maybe you're more than a friend, potentially? Mm -hmm. Uh, So there are all these different uh, ways that can play out. And then, like, there are either, you could say, like, there are comedy options or, like, options where you, like, break the script. The one you can do is, like, as soon as you wake up and she leaves the room, you can just, like... If you spam the get out button enough, there's a button that just says get out. Yeah. Then you'll just run out of her house naked.
1: (laughs) Do you get like an achievement if you do that?
0: It keeps track of the different endings. There are a dozen endings.
1: Okay, cool. Okay. Is there more than one like scenario or is it always this one girl or this one woman that you're with?
0: It's always the woman. It's always the basic, essentially the same scenario more mm-hmm. or less like she still will leave the room for like th- three times for different reasons and yeah. then it'll be influenced by like what you choose to do with like that free time basically
1: yeah did you find yourself replaying the game multiple times to get different endings
0: i did i went through i got like most of the endings on my own and then i like i got a little help to find like the remaining endings hmm it's only like uh like ninety minutes to two hours to like see everything there is to see, but I I, I like the journey.
1: That sounds really good. so you said it's on Switch?
0: Yeah, it's on Switch oh, I might
1: play this. It sounds really fun.
0: It's like five bucks too, so
1: yeah, that sounds really good. There's a game, there's a terrible Japanese like dating semi type game that's the same format, but you it's called Pensu Hunter. You're looking for underwear in different people's houses.
0: Well, uh
1: Is that the other game that you've been playing?
0: <laughs> There in one night stand there is an option to do something with underpants.
1: Yeah, that's fair. This whole game, the entire mechanic is finding underwear. It's and then not... getting different endings around it. It's very <laughs> gross. Um anyway. anyway. But the, the mechanic that sounds like the fun version of that terrible game's mechanic. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I would recommend it.
1: Nice. What yeah. else were you playing?
0: Additionally, I was playing this game Gato Robato. You're having a I'm you have very a very happy. You have a look, it's a it's a It's happy like the look. cat
1: with a flower on its head. <laughs>
0: It's a Metroidvania-style game where you're a cat, you're on a spaceship with your human master, the ship crash-lands on an alien planet, and you have to, as the cat, sure. go and occupy a mech suit, basically, and then roll around this uh, alien planet to find the stuff necessary to get off the planet.
1: I don't even like Metroidvanias, but I would want to play this because cat and mech are two of my favorite things. Put them together, it's great. It's like peanut butter and chocolate.
0: It's really good, and... uh the points in its favor are it is a cool looking game like they tried a bit of a different graphical style so it's like mm. kind of monochrome like oh you can uh pick the different t- uh color complements like you can and you unlock more by finding them in the game but mm. it's a very uh simple i won't say simple exactly but like the color palette is simple it's mm-hmm. like and then the animation though looks sharp and the enemies look good music has this like kind of very old school pixelated sound to it, which is nice.
1: Nice. That sounds really fun. It is. Uh,
0: I guess what I would say is it's a very easy game. Okay. It's It's uh, according to howlongtobeat.com, it is about four hours and I can see why. Like I've mostly just like coasted through parts of the game. There's not, usually in Metroidvanias, there's a spot where it's like, okay, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So I have to like go around and like bump into every corner or set off bomb spots but not here because like usually they mark off like unexplored areas, so it's a lot easier to be like, okay, I have to go over here and like jump around and see stuff. Yeah. And like I had there are a couple tough boss fights. There was like one where you take on you get into a submarine and you have to like do a shooting mission, which is pretty tricky with the controls, mm-hmm. I would say. But overall, like I I've been playing for like two and a half, three hours, and I feel like I'm pretty close to the end now.
1: It sounds like it's a it sounds like a great game if you like metroidvanias but you don't want to like punish yourself or invest in something super hard like oh it's a plane trip and i wanted something i can beat over the course of my travel or like oh i just this seems fun and interesting and i want to play something that's like easy and interesting to get into
0: i think that's a good assessment yeah uh, It's also got like just cute little humor because, like, your master will uh, message you at different times, and like the cat understands the master, but also is a cat, so it can't talk. So,
1: <laughs> so it here it understands the master saying, but does not ever respond.
0: It'll be like, it'll do it'll meow, yeah, it'll meow, or just like say nothing.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, that's fun. I like it. Good little sense of humor, style that's fun that sounds also sounds like a metroidvania that i would be willing to play because it's not that hard and i'm just not interested in like super punishing games of that style it's just not my jam normally but that sounds like it could be approachable enough if you're if someone's interested or they've watched you play or they're curious about the genre it seems like an interesting like softer in to try it
0: yeah i i agree that's another one that's I think at regular retail price, it's only like eight bucks.
1: Oh, nice. Okay, cool. And that's like, a good four hours for eight bucks is a pretty good trade off. Yeah, love it.
0: Yeah, I would recommend both that and One Night Stand to Switch owners or just console owners. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, that's all the new stuff I've been playing. Like I'm still keeping up with Ring Fit. Uh, that's been a lot of fun.
1: Thick Dragon, I
0: love him. He's he's pretty neat. It looks
1: really fun, but it is a hundred percent a game I would buy and play three times—not even once or twice—and then I would never play it again.
0: I, I mean, I've really appreciated it right now because, I mean, as much as I want to wish you a great summer, it is uh, almost winter here in Chicago, so I can't really go outside to run anymore. Yeah, and this gives me some variety from just like the stair climber or the treadmill.
1: I was impressed at the exercise. So I, <laughs> because. It's 2019. I went on YouTube and found a guy who attempted to speed run the game. <laughs> so I don't think he finished it, but he did play for like three and a half hours straight. He was you. exhausted. He played it on the easiest level, but he okay. was like exhausted by the end. But I was really surprised at like the legitimate exercises they make you do. Yeah. Like doing V-sits, like doing just different interesting things. I was surprised. It just looks fun. I like games with like activities involved. I played a lot of DDR back in the day. Like, I think I'd enjoy it.
0: I think you would too. Uh, I, I did talk about it a bit on a previous episode, so I'm not going to go too deep down the rabbit hole. But yeah, I think it's a good does a good job of encouraging you to push past what you might think your limits are. More recently than that last episode, it, I got the plank attack. So now you have to do a plank. Yeah. And I discovered I'm not very good at planking. And uh, that's been a challenge, but I'm like still trying to push myself to get good at that uh, technique, and I right. get to do the the video game at the same time.
1: Because it's a, it's a there's there's a usefulness to getting good at it because it's an attack you can use in game.
0: It does isn't. good damage. It hits a lot of enemies at the same time. So
1: right, it's interesting. I'd love to. I'd have to do some research. I'm wondering about on the dev side of things how they weighted activities with. Like their damage levels and like making things that are harder worth more and like use like with the gamification for the exercise part of the thing, like what the thought process and R and D for that was like, because I bet it was interesting.
0: I would like to know that too. I'd like to know like how involved people from like the yeah the physical fitness industry were,
1: right? Or doctors or clinic? Like how many? Yeah. That'd be very interesting. I will say we had talked about this separately from the podcast, but I do think it's worth bringing up here too. Though I do think Ring Fit Adventure struggles at knowing what it is as a game. Because so one of the advantages of We Fit, aside from the terrifying faceless people that you could follow along with, was that you could. It was a thing you could do to work out. So there just were workouts you could like. It's something you can kind of dip into, and it could be part of your workout regime. Whereas ring fit adventure seems like once you're done, like it's not an ongoing thing. It's like, oh, I go to my, you know, I go to my Pilates class every Wednesday and I do ring fit on Thursdays and I've been doing it for two years.
0: I think that's maybe a matter of expectation in part because you can set up custom workouts on your own. But like we fit without the expectation of the the workout game, like it's just like okay, I'm going to use this thing to work out. Right. And then with Ring Fit, you're like, I'm going to play this game. And then when you run out of game, and there's just the workout left, it's like, eh. yeah,
1: because it presumes like the reason why you're playing Ring Fit Adventure for more than like one sitting is because you need a different motivation to work out. Yeah. And so the story and the gameplay is what gets you there. But like setting up a custom workout, I mean, I don't think I know anyone that would set up. That's not true. I do know people that would <laughs> do this, but like that would set up. I don't know a gym for funsies that wasn't part of a Pokemon battle and they didn't get them XP for their actual get, you know, you wouldn't necessarily just go do that for the sake of doing it. So I wonder, like, is the idea when you're done, I mean, obviously they want you to keep playing it, but like, will they put out DLC with other adventures or other maneuvers? Or can you race people? Can you tag team? Like, what are, what's the future of the game so that it's something that you're doing as a workout consistently rather than for however many hours it takes you to beat the story mode. This is an interesting, it's just a hard promise of video game as fitness that explicitly. Versus like, again, not to keep bringing it up, but DDR was great for fitness, like was a great workout. Just Dance the same way, but it's not, it wasn't to work out. It was because there is a game to play.
0: Right, yeah, it doesn't have like even anything cursory like a calorie counter. There's nothing like that in DDR, right?
1: No, 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 no. no. I mean, maybe today there might be something, but it's not, that's not the point of playing the game, right? It wasn't, it's not a fitness game. It just is a game that would get you fit if you played at a high level, even a little bit, because it's cardio. So I don't know. I think it's an, it's an interesting idea. It's very cheesy looking, but I sort of love it. I love, I love, I love Thick Dragon. (laughs) Thick Dragon's very good. He's very muscular. He poses a lot.
0: He's sassy.
1: And he can't help but work out sometimes, which I think is hilarious.
0: Yeah, sometimes instead of attacking you, he'll just work out and skip his turn.
1: And I think it literally says, like, he can't help but work out is the text on it. Yeah. And that's great.
0: He's thinking about his next workout while working out is yeah. my line. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I mean, the sense of humor is very stupid and wonderful in there. And it definitely works you. So that's why I want to play it. But I don't know about long, long term oh imagine that on vr that would be cool same thing but on vr i mean getting up and down off the ground would be unpleasant so the workouts would be a little harder. like the battles would be harder but the like running through the world would be really
0: cool it is yeah that's the one thing that uh, sometimes like they've got these really beautiful uh like vistas to check out in the background and it's a little tough to focus on them you have to like jump over stuff and like yeah. speed up and slow down and all that. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. a cool, it's a really cool, it's a cool concept. I think it's a cool proof of concept of like on top yeah. of what Labo did, proof of concept of what the Joy-Cons can do in the right scenarios or peripherals, which is neat. I mean, I think that's, that's Nintendo at its best when it's doing unique constro- or like nowadays, at least unique controller constructions and delivering on the promise of those controllers.
0: That's really cool. Like Wii U. Yeah. And I guess I just wonder, like, it seems to have not had nearly the same impact so far as uh, Wii Fit, in the U.S. anyway. Yeah. Like, you can still find balance boards at Garage sales for, like, a buck, you know.
1: But the Wii was also pretty explicitly, like, a anyone can get this sort of console. Like, there were lots of things. You could play Wii Sports. You could play Wii Resort with your family. And I know a lot of, like, people that would never buy a game console that had a Wii. So I and I feel like, oh, and this is a fun thing I can work out on too. I don't think anyone sees a switch that way.
0: It's true. So yeah. it's more
1: just trying to get the gamers
0: to rise up. Right. And be fit.
1: Yes. Slash their moms if it's like you know, what I I can't <laughs> see if I was if I was younger and I had this, I could see my mom like maybe but the game wouldn't be fun if you're not a video game person, right? The draw of the game yeah. is the like RPG fighting style.
0: It's true. It's I don't true. Know.
1: But it's, it's fun. The ring seems fun. It has a face in the game. That's pretty cool.
0: Shelby, I think that's uh, all the games I've been playing, though. Those I mean, three. I can talk
1: about other games if you want me to just keep
0: going. I mean, Thank you so much, though, for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. Uh, if you want people to find you anywhere, where can they find you?
1: Behind you, right now! Not you, Bill. I'm over here. I meant the person listening to the podcast. No, oh. you can find me on uh, Twitter. You can find me on Instagram at Shelby underscore fond. I have started a new thing on Twitter, <gasps> which is whenever I get on Twitter to procrastinate and do dumb things because I don't want to do something important and I want to just, like, feel sad about how dumb the world is, I'm going to tweet something positive. And then I'm going to get on Twitter. But I am going to tweet something inherently positive. Um, so if you would like some banal positivity in your day... Um, I talked about pigeons yesterday. Follow me on Twitter.
0: Who are you? Lynn manuel Haranda?
1: I got sick of retweeting everything he tweeted in the morning and the evening. And I was like, I'll try this myself. Also Travis McElroy. Those two both inspired my, the world sucks. Let's make it marginally better on this terrible platform. So follow me at Shelby underscore Fawn if you want some unimpactful positivity.
0: Can do. And uh as for us, uh, we can be reached by email at so many at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, where so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at SoMyBits. Subscribe to us on iTunes, please rate and review, or download from Simplecast, from SoundCloud, from YouTube, or stream via Spotify. We play games, twitch.tv slash so many bits Wednesday and Thursday nights, eight p.m. central time. Wednesdays for Magic the Gathering Online or MTG Arena. Thursdays for a variety of different games. Uh, some examples include Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, uh, Transistor. I, f- I think I've said like Transistor every time for like the past three months, but I did play it. And I play a bunch of other games on there. And if you would like to find other great podcasts, go check out Nerdlogs.com. So many bits is there, plus a bunch of other great ones. And last but not least, thank you so much for listening. Have a great summer.